1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Hey guys, Dr. Phil here coming to you from a parking garage uh, near an IHOP in Burbank, California. Don't cancel me. Uh, but I'm just here to invite you to enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast. I've got my umbrella like I'm Mary Poppins up in this bitch and a nice coffee because, uh, I'm a little hungover. I went to a, a burlesque show last night. I saw my first live clitoris. Um, I am in a residential neighborhood where there's kids around, so I want to be careful with my language, but if you honk your fucking horn again and distract my YouTube video, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you, bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with Marcellus Wiley. I'm here to introduce it. Adam, uh, couldn't do his intro this week. So he said, hey, Phil, do me a solid. Marcellus Wiley, you know him from Sports Nation. He played in the NFL for 10 years. He was on Speak for Yourself on Fox Sports and now has a new show um, called Never Shut Up. And uh, he's a part of a, a new network called the Brinks Network. And he's a hilarious, insightful, poignant, stellar stud of a human being. And, uh, and this episode has got everything you want from inspiration to hilarity and a, and a little bit of sex appeal. Uh, follow Marcellus Wiley on Instagram and Twitter at that exact name. Follow Adam Ray, at Adam Ray Comedy on TikTok, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We just had a seizure and a stroke, it's a stroke. And um, Adam's on tour. AdamRayComedy.com for all his tour dates uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, he's going to be um, well in Los Angeles, but at the end of the month, March 31st and April 1st, he'll be at Hyenas in Fort Worth, and then April 7th and 8th, he'll be with the Impractical Jokers in Seattle and Portland. And then he'll be filming a movie in Atlanta. But April 19th through the 22nd, he'll be in Austin, Texas at Moon Tower. And then uh, Atlanta and a bunch of other dates, Red Rocks in Denver on May 10th. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and all that bullshit. And of course, uh, share it with your friends, lovers, enemies, and and, and, and haters. Uh, All right, well, I think that's it. I will be popping up myself on a bunch of podcasts in the next few weeks. Adam Carolla, Scissor Brothers, Take your shoes off, but this isn't about me. It's about you, and Marcellus Wiley and Adam Ray on a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast. Enjoy. Who touched you?
0: Hey, it's Herbert, Mm -hmm. and you're listening to the About Last Night
2: podcast. You slippery little son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. About last night.
3: Welcome back to the show. Guys, we got a good one today. (laughs) Back here on the About Last Night podcast. If you know that fucking condescending laugh, you know who it is. (laughs) No, it's it's as genuine as it gets. Marcellus Wiley back. Yes. Uh, last time you we were here, we, we had a dwarf at the table as well.
1: I remember. He wasn't that big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what they call him, right? <laughs> I kept looking for him to stand up. I was like, God dang. <laughs> use two tables or something.
3: Brad, he told me he just ran into you somewhere, too. I just saw him yesterday. I did. I, whoa.
1: God, I've been hitting the head so yeah. often, and that CT lawsuit's still out there. <laughs> yeah, Let yeah. Me yeah, stop. yeah. Um, no. Oh, we were at therapy. That's what it yes, was. Yes, yeah, yes, we were in therapy. You guys go to the same. He was uh, half benching it too. Yeah. Like I was like, "Dog, lay down." He was like, "No, I am." I was like, <laughs> "One of my arms." So I was like, "Oh, he was getting some therapy." He said he was broke down.
3: That's yeah. He, um, you know, it's from. He got picked up once after a show. He now has a whole bit about don't fucking Simba me. Oh, you know, don't pick me up because <laughs> some kid, uh, <laughs> bro, somebody did that to him after the show. Oh come on! I think he now some somebody told me at a show that he now charges. Uh, if you want to do that, like 500 yeah. bucks. And I'm like, Brad, you got to r- raise the price because what happened, somebody dropped him. Oh. And so now, you know, he's got, you know, little backbones and those <laughs> things, uh, those things, you know, snap, crackled, and pop in a way that they shouldn't. And yeah. um, so he now goes to uh, therapy. But he said this guy or wherever your guys are going mm-hmm. is like so oh, legit. Oh,
1: I give him a plug. Sports rehab, uh, LA, but it's not in LA. So good luck for y'all to oh, find shit. it. But um, all the athletes go there. Yeah. Like I wish it was around when I played because, I go there now, I got in a car accident, got rear-ended in like Shit. June of last year. Uh, kind of re, reignited all my problems before. I don't think it caused anything new. It's right. just all your old problems, So here you go again, right? So... Um, I went in there and go to some rehab. I'm looking around. I'm like, damn, it's like an all-star game in here. Yeah. It's like oh, a Pro wow. Bowl in there. Oh, wow. So he's in there too getting it done.
3: Does it happen the way that I think in any business or like, you know, I went to USC down here in L.A. And every time I go back, I'm like, oh, they added a new building. Or the School of Theater now has three new buildings where yeah. I went. Um, they up, they just make upgrades when you leave. Is it that way in sports, uh, treatment, medicine as well? Like are you hearing or knowing about – what these guys are getting done to where you're like, oh, I could still be playing if I got that.
1: Yeah, I mean, every level. You want to start with the technology that just continues to evolve. So the better machines now, like they didn't have no normal tech when I was. out. like, something that will squeeze your legs and make you feel better once you get off it. I was like, no. But now I have one of those at my house. I use it overnight. Like I use it in watching snowfall at night. You know, it's just crazy. So that's one level. Another level is just the understanding, the education. Everyone gets wiser together. That's great. And then the teams are smarter. They're like, look, we're going to protect our assets. Just today, the Lakers came out with an organizational decision to not play Anthony Davis back-to-backs. Say what you want about load management, but damn it. When I played, they were trying to kill you in practice, and then whoever survived, you play in the game, right? Because they shit. wanted to get their money in a return on investment. Yes. Now they're like the protection of that investment is most important, so you can be healthy when you play. That's a big issue that I
3: think is getting discussed, all, especially probably the most in the NBA, wouldn't you say? Like mm-hmm. load management. I don't know. You see these baseball players; they're all trying to pull a Cal Ripken, like, but but, but also because. You know, you, gotta, you You have more time to put together a season that hopefully is going to pay dividends for a contract. But I think you need – it behooves you to play more of the games in baseball, right? Yeah. I feel like in maybe basketball you can get away with like – you know, if you're crushing it three out of six games a week, then yeah, maybe you can take a few nights off. But, I mean, I always take the side of – if I hear Barkley or Shaq or whoever, right. John, about how, uh, you know, they, they weren't taking days off. Um, and didn't have the treatment that these guys have.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also- fuck, Tough luck, motherfucker. <laughs> like, nobody exactly wanna hear that also shit. too, right? I like, went up the hill both ways in the fuck, snow. Dude. Like, yeah, that was your life, that was your era, and I'm sorry, in the same way I feel. Like, make it easy. Human beings are wired to get the most by doing the least. That's how we're wired. Like, you do not wanna work. That's why hard workers are actually rewarded. If it was natural, then everybody would get the rewards. People don't even think about it like that. So dedication, desire, determination, hard work, those are exceptions. Those are the ones that are actually exceptional, so they get the rewards, right? right? So guess what? By design, nobody's trying to go through hell to get to anywhere, including Mm. Barkley and those guys. That was just the lay of the land. That's just the way it was in the culture back then. You got to respect that people are not walking in your shoes, Barkley, They're now standing on your shoulders, seeing more, doing more, and actually being in a better position.
3: Do you judge when you hear people like that speak in that kind of tone where you're like, come on, man? Like, you gotta, the game's evolving, the world's evolving, you gotta evolve with your thoughts a little bit.
1: No, I don't judge because I'm stubborn in my own ways. Like, for him. You don't judge. You
3: don't judge, I feel like. Much or anyway. You're like me I'm like only Judy judges me Do you know what I'm saying <laughs> That's the kind of the way I live I go that bitch can fucking say what she wants you know, Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining She's got so many catchphrases But if That's yeah. who I want to assess me yeah. And that's obviously like Poking fun at being like Dude just let people do their thing Yeah Also if you're concerning yourself And I know you're in a world where You have to concern yourself With the whereabouts And, and the day to days Of what people are doing And you do it brilliantly mm-hmm. You And I've said this before man Before we've You know become homies like you're so you're so good mm. and and in that comes you're so uh articulate um and i and there's a bigger word probably for it but um and and your opinions are always genuine and they're coming it doesn't ever feel like you're speaking for the sake of speaking do you know what I'm saying yeah I feel like what you think you got no Brita in between your thoughts. It's like, here it is, and here it comes. You're like my eight-year-old nephew. Although, you know, you're a little bit, you know, you're definitely smart because he headbutts the fridge like it owes him money, and he fucking, he'll he hit you in the dick and then go, like and subscribe. And you're like, I don't like or subscribe to any of this behavior, you little piece of shit. I just took you to the, your first Seahawks game. Is this how you oh, repay I me? I need to know him. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious. A, he's a gangster. At my wedding four months ago, he just, he just, uh, he hit probably i think i got 15 texts the next day that was like your nephew hit me in the dick oh man yeah and there. giggled his ass off afterwards <laughs> and my buddy and you know i, I know you got kid, how many kids you got 4 two. 4 yeah what ages
1: 24 now 7 4 and 2 wow okay 7
3: yeah. year old girl or boy
1: Boy, seven year yeah, old, just uh, only boy. He's not walking around hitting. Hell no, 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 no Zorro fest. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, we are gonna have a problem. Leave the swords alone. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, man. So my
3: my buddy when, when he was doing it, I go, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, hey, hey, boys will be boys. I go, do your kids do that? He goes, I mean, definitely not. But you know, <laughs> hey man, we're having a good time. What are we talking right, about? You know, right, but, right. Um, oh, that's uh, but but you you're just so uh, unabashed to. Mm not just like tell it. you don't ever come off as like I'm going to tell it like it is because I need a sound bite. Yeah. And I, and I and I know you know that because you know that your success and the people that want to work with you and and everything and and you're just always spot on, man. Mm. So first I just want to, you know, shout you out for that. That's and fun. um and uh and so I guess when you see what what has to stick out for you on a day-to-day for you to go, I want to talk about it. Like the same way when I'm writing jokes, I get conditioned out to live a life where something happens you know, uh, it, it registers quickly. Like, oh, yeah. I got a thought about that. I have an emotional response to that, and I don't think like that's going to be a bit, but I something uh, ignites it that starts the 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 path of like, all right, there's something there. Yeah, what is that for you? Um, I guess in the sports world, but also now you're you're hitting. You know. You have takes on everything, like yeah. and, and, which I really appreciate. Uh, um, on uh, never shut up on your IG through Brinks TV, which is on YouTube as well, right?
1: Yes, yeah, everywhere Brinks TV, everywhere Reach TV, which is uh, all the airports across the country nice and right. all the hotels. Like you ever go to a hotel and be like, why is when you turn on TV, like what is this? It's already programmed. Or you're at the bar at oh, the yeah? airport. You're already watching some. You're like, I ain't choose this channel. Well, we're kind of like what they call communist TV. Like, we're forcing you to watch Bricks. Right. Yeah, we have great partnerships. Um, you said a lot. Let me just say some of it um, in return. Thank you, first yeah. of all, for Come the on, props, man. for the love. Um, I'm not coming with an agenda. Um, and I think that's probably the thing that separates me in terms of the spirit of what I'm saying. Uh, I've been in the business for over 20 years, and I've met very few people who who sooner or later doesn't get caught up in an agenda. Mm. Like somehow, some way, some wave takes them. And then next thing you know, they don't form their opinion off the facts. They already have an opinion and they are looking for some facts to support it. Right. And you can find anything in this world to support anything if you want to, right? That's what the rabbit hole is for, right? Yeah. There's something in there. So I've always learned that this world is big enough for all of us to exist in terms of philosophies, in terms of mindsets and I could disagree with you and still go out there and go get it. To me, the locker room is the best example of that. And that's why my set for my shows is a locker room. Last place that I've been where everyone was honest, clowning around, pulled no punches, and then said, all right, dog, I disagree with you, but let's go out there and go get this together. Wow, That's the world at large that I desire. That's not the world we live in right now. The world we live in right now, oh, I differ than you, I'm probably not going to discuss that with you because there's this buffer called PC. I shouldn't say that right here. I shouldn't go there and tell you that. So then everyone's kind of like living in these silos and these islands Mm. and not really going through what the real conversation needs to be. Never shut up is not saying don't stop talking. Never shut up is always discuss your issues, especially the ones you disagree on. Because mm. that's the locker room. Like, dog, if you go in the locker room, you look a mess or you look fresh. Doesn't matter. We got jokes. Yeah. We're coming at you. Yeah. And then you better take these jokes because guess what? After that, we got two hours of practice. You didn't like my jokes? Prove it. Show it. Go out there and knock my ass off and something like that. So that's how I built and that's how I'm always thinking.
3: Was there a point in, uh, I guess, in your playing career, you played ten seasons. By the
1: way, which team
3: you rep? Bills and Chargers pretty hard, but I mean, is, have you you know yeah. narrowed in on like one squad? Obviously Clippers. Yeah, I'm sorry if you know my. Oh, se- do,
1: do you that team doesn't even exist anymore? Piece Seattle of shit. Se- Fuck
3: <laughs> you, man! You coming here disrespecting me like that? I don't that.
1: even know what that is. There was a- you been on Crenshaw getting burnt. <laughs> Supersonics. They ain't even the colors. <laughs> I
3: remember very specifically, I don't remember if you remember this when I posted it, when there was talk that Bomber was going to move your clips to oh, Seattle. I remember that. And I posted it, I made a post on my buddy Photoshop, Kawhi, PG, and um, whoever your third. Um, now you got a true, I, well, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts, a true third. Uh, yes, sir, Russ. Superstar, yeah. Russell on the beat, bro. Do you think he's going to um, make it? Well, I Photoshopped a picture of all of them in Supersonics jerseys, and you were like, get the fuck out of here with the this. Fuck yeah. Out of uh, but, um, <laughs> Uh, is there uh, an NFL team that uh, that you truly like when you see them playing, or something happens, or that if you get asked to do an event that you you uh, run to quicker than normal?
1: Um, I mean Chargers because they're right here. Yes, uh, great story about them too. I, I I'll tell you that before I answer. Okay. Um, I grew up playing Pop Warner in Inglewood, so we used to practice at Darby Park, which is across the street from what was the Hollywood Race track Oh, wow. Right there. The footprint of SoFi Stadium wow. used to be the racetrack. Yes. And I'm eight years old and I'm a stud. Like, I'm the dude. You give me the ball, it's guaranteed touchdowns. It People was crazy.
3: knew you were going pro at that age, yeah?
1: I mean, you, as much as you can say it yeah. to an eight year old okay. eating chili cheese Fritos. Yeah, like, yeah, yo, yeah. he might do something. Gotcha, you know, I was gotcha, that guy. I was gotcha. getting recruited to go to high school at nine ten years old. That's right? a big deal. Yeah, I was something. And we used to race and practice at Darby Park. And stop at the fence. The fence overlook where SoFi is now, and bet on horses. Broke asses. We didn't have no money, so we just like, I got three, I got seven, I got thirteen, and we're just waiting for them to finish. Ah, coach, we like get over here, and that was our routine. You fast forward. Not only are the Chargers playing there, but I'm so blessed that I played for the actual Chargers in San Diego that is now playing there where I used to play some 40 years ago dude! football. So every time – I'm a season ticket holder now. Every time I go to the game, I'm not lying. I'm hydrating. I'm tailgating. I'm pumped. And I shed an inner tear because I'm like, damn, dog, you was that broke dude on welfare just right up there betting on some horses, imaginary horses (laughs) that you couldn't even afford. And and then now you're the dude right here – who used to play for this team, but you ain't even got that pressure. I'm just a fan sitting there in the front row, chilling like I'm E40 at the Niners game. It's next level, dog. It's so blessing, man. I, I I got most love. Let me say it for the Chargers yeah. by proximity, mm. but Buffalo took their chance on me and yeah. they they took me first. So those two, the other two teams, I was too sorry, too bad to be even claiming. They got to claim me because I ain't yeah. can claim them because I was sorry. How
3: um again, so many questions and every oh, yeah, time I'm I yeah um. Well, first of all, let me ask you this. Justin, piggybacking on your um, a new uh, new venture with your new show, how much are you taking from your, I mean, I think I, I, what were you doing before Sports Nation? I think that's where I was introduced to you.
1: Gang bang. No, <laughs> Slanging that dope. You don't imagine somebody really meant that. I knew um, we had something in common. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. How you think I got here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> let me see. All right, so it started, I had a Reality show, Crazy Enough, in 1997, before Kim K. So I'm the original reality TV star. Wow. Yeah, they were filming me in Buffalo rookie year. They would go to my house, camera crews like this following me all around. The original Hard Knocks. Yeah, I was cooking. I would go to the mall. They would follow me to the mall, watch me mac on girls and shop. And then Wait, just- would there be
3: like V.O. to this? Like Liv Schreiber being like, watch Marcellus. It's Tuesday morning in Buffalo. Marcellus has again made a crustable right. in the toaster. He will now pick it up and eat it on the way to the mall as he tries to mac on some honeys outside of the Claire's jewelry store.
1: Yes, you know Buffalo well. It was like Claire's level. Claire's was like, oh, my God, Tiffany is here. No, no, that's not Tiffany. That's Claire. That's her homegirl. So I'm like, yeah, I used to do all that. I'd never watched them back because it was just too, ugh. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, you know. I'm a rookie. I'm just like living life. I'm going a million miles an hour, but I, that happened in '97. First job officially in the business. I was still a player. I was a correspondent for the NFL Network when they opened in 2003. Wow!
3: So, how do I, they find you for that? How do they know that you had the uh, the chutzpah to, to step in and do that?
1: Yeah. You, to be real, most guys once they get to the pro level because they went to big schools, they were tired of big business football. They were fatigued to the media. They already been scrutinized since they were 18. Me going to a small school, I come in there and I'm bushy tailed. I'm pumped. I'm all big eyed. I'm, I'm wow. like, wow, y'all care. That was the first time I ever been on the flight for a football game. First time y'all get to the training table, there's steak and shrimp, cocktail shrimp bigger than my fist. I'm yeah. like, shit, I'm <laughs> in the zone, right? Yeah. I love life. These guys are so used to it. They're desensitized. So guess how they talk to the media? What? media's like, so what happened on third and goal when you guys supposed to stop him and you had contain and you lost him? Uh, you know, stuff happens. And I, meanwhile, me, the same guy who messed up, what happened to you, Marcellus, you lost contain? Well, you know what? We've been going over that a long time in practice. I've been messing up in practice. I thought I honed in on it. That time they went in motion, threw me off, and, I, you know, I'm giving them a detailed yeah, answer. Like, oh, oh, Say that, like, that again. Uh, oh, oh,
3: shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I an actual answer, and you put the syllables together. Oh, my God. Sentences,
1: yeah, And so freaking out. The reputation preceded me. and um, they were looking for correspondence, and it was the weirdest thing I ever did in my life, because the first one was LT. I had to go a San Diego Charger game, mm. but now I'm playing for the Dallas Cowboys, and I have to go to the playoff game and interview the star, which is gonna be LT. Coming off the field, LT is in the big scrum, 50 reporters or so, all the big names and faces you know. So I'm playing it real cool, cause I'm nervous, and I'm like, yo, I'm too cool for school, I'm still an active player, acting like I'm a journalist. You know, I ain't that old scrumpy, you know, Murder She Wrote, Angela Lansbury looking people. So I'm like, nah, that ain't me. So I'm playing the back, I'm like in the back row, and LT as he's walking, 50 plus people around him looks, Marcellus! And he throws his hands up. And I'm like, Excuse me, excuse me. You know, that's my seat up there, seat yeah, four yeah. five. Oh, shit. Right? Called and then out. I go right to the front and I walk into the locker room with him. And obviously, I'm familiar with the locker room. That's yeah. my boy. Yep. And we chop it up like one on one, even though everyone else was trying to get in. And that's when the bug hit me. I was like, I'm going to do this. So from there, uh, I did NFL Live, Mike and Mike, the car wash, yep. cold pizza, yeah. which turned into first take. All that kind of stuff. So that was before Sports Nation. Sports Nation was
3: your kind of intro to the world, more or less, right? Because that was you being on the main stage and and yeah. being at the forefront of a show that, that people were watching and yeah. talking about.
1: I wasn't yeah. a background singer anymore. They right. actually knew my lyrics and you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: How was the uh speak for yourself experience at Fox
1: Sports? Which one? The first one or the second one? I had uh, to <laughs> let's go to the first one. All right. I got there. Jason Whitlock uh recruited me. Uh, he came to my house first. was like, dog, I know you're ESPN. You may resign, but I need you to come over here to Fox. Why? He was like, it's great over here. I was like, yeah, everywhere is great until you get there, right? I'm, I've been recruited before. So yeah. I was like, what's so great about it? He told me. I knew some of the execs from ESPN. I was like, all right, familiar faces. This, this is all good. But then he sold me on a concept. And he wanted to do really the Cosby show, a kind of a family show, mm. but make it sports-related, sports tangent. And I was like, interesting. So – he had this whole bit where he was kind of like the old granddaddy or dad who just didn't want to hear anything. Sure. Tired of these dumb athletes messing sure. up stuff. And then I was kind of like the, the athlete or the young son or at least someone of elder who was like, nah, man, you just have lost your way. You don't understand right. today's world. Right. And then we had Uncle Jimmy who yep. was just a clown yep. who just always came in with some color. And Darnell was like our little nephew, our little son. And we just had this concept, and I liked the concept. And more than anything, I like the fact that it wasn't just gonna be same X's and O's. Right. I do not, and I never did, like covering the game just for the game. I like covering the game for the process, not the results. Mm. So, take you back, NFL Live when I'm doing that. Two weeks in, my boss comes to me, he's like, Marcellus, you're not long for this. And that's a good thing. He's like, you have way too much personality. You take these stories way too far. And you're never talking about exactly what, what the question is. Sure. And he's like, and I like that. You need to do personality-driven shows, opinion-based shows. He's like, we're more of an X's and O's kind of sh- type of show. Third and long, what should they do? Is he a top 10 quarterback, right? That drives you crazy to have to
3: fit in a, sh- a short answer into a little. Oh. Also, it's it's, I don't know, it's somewhat redundant, right? There's only so many
1: different ways you can break down. A play, you tell me. I don't know. No, you told me. Exactly. I'm like, dude, I can't use my creativity, my intelligence by telling you exactly what you already know, but it's just I'm an expert because I've been through that experience before. I'm like, there's only three things you can do in this situation. Or as my coach used to always say, When I did get caught slipping and didn't have contain, he's like, Wally the hell are you looking at? I was like, what do you mean coach? He's like, I don't give a damn who goes in motion. I don't care who lines up in front of you. I don't care what the hell you think you're seeing. There's only two things that can happen. They can run the ball or pass the ball, damn it. Figure it out and pay attention. That was it. And I started to think that way. So then when I'm on these shows and I'm like, they're reducing what I want to say about the topic. Right. I know the guy. I know how he is. I know what he was thinking. We talked after the game with us, my boy. I want to tell him all that. Yeah. And instead, they just want to say, should he go left or right on third down? Oh and I'm God. like, dog. And I did that for so long. J- Jason was refreshing doing the show, speak for yourself in sure. that version. Yeah. Because I didn't have to just do that. Right.
3: Um, is it? Do you ever feel? I guess you know people ask comedians all the time. Do you feel? You know, is it pressure to? you know, be up there knowing you can't say everything you want to say, and, you know, are you always, you know, worried you're going to say some, you know, racial slur? And I'm like, not really, Mom. You know, he haven't maybe seen one of my shows in a while. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, but, but in your world as well, like, do you ever feel like, all right, like, I'm one over-opinionated statement away from from getting, the because, I mean, let's look at uh, Skip Bayless with uh, with Shannon Sharp, and, um, and when uh, Damar Hamlin went down, his tweet was so scrutinized. Mm -hmm. And um, I I don't know the exact tweet Uh, we could pull. Mo, do you mind pulling it up? Skip Bayless, uh, DeMar Hamlin tweet. But it obviously... My first uh, impression was this guy's so hated. People want to hate him. Yeah, yeah. So I already... And I wasn't giving benefit of the doubt, but I was just like, I need to read this a few times Mm -hmm. to see if the hate is justified or if it's being... You know, where it's being uh, stretched out. And um, I do think the guy is a soundbite clickbaity guy. Oh, yeah. For sure. For his sure. Yeah, yeah so, his so immediately I'm like, oh, I, I already don't like that you are not just tweeting like prayers up or something that's just about him and his physical condition. Right. So that it's anything aside from that, I guess, already I was like, I don't really understand what you're doing. But um, what you, you got it? Yeah, Skip Bayless? Yeah. Were you reading to the mic? Yeah, he had like three of them,
1: though. So yeah. I think a lot of people didn't catch wind of the first two. Yeah. They just thought that he started with number three and then – Well, then he heard... went
3: back and kind of um...
1: – Yeah. I mean, if you go through the timeline of them, I mean, you can read them, but they're pretty
3: Well, I got the uh, – No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how this late in the season a game of this magnitude
1: is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, first of all, when you're watching, you, did you watch that game live? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Brought me to tears, man. It did, yeah. Yeah, I was sitting there with my son, who's seven years old and is a beast. This sucker here could play some football, dog. He's silly. How fired up does that get you? Hell yeah, that get me pumped. It it's gets- not like...
3: If he said he didn't want to play, you'd, you wouldn't bat an eye. You'd be nah, like, dude, what's a prob- f- Matter
1: of fact, I'll be, I'll be silently clapping because right. I know what I went through to get there. Of course. And I know you can climb even higher on that mountain without playing ball. Right. You know, knowing owners, knowing CEOs, I'm yeah. like, dog, they pay us. So that means they are doing okay, Sure. Right? So I'm, I'm I'm well-versed in that lane. But um, it feels good because he wants to do something. Cool. I, I actually – I didn't try to take him away from it, but I didn't try to introduce him yeah. to it. I just was like – you, but then my jersey's on the wall, and then my, I got helmets over here, and he just immediately like at age five was into football wow. and I'm not into football it skipped me my dad no matter what happens in this world no matter what happens to me I literally could call my dad and said daddy, get down to the hospital right now what's wrong boy I have surgery what did you play Are you still you back <laughs> you retired I'm retired I'm like daddy no, I got <laughs> hit in the, the car <laughs> Did you get a sack? I said, no, Daddy, I got in a car accident. <laughs> oh, okay. Were you in the stadium? I'm like, Daddy, I ain't played in 20 years. Everything is oh football, right? That skipped me. I'm not that guy. Wow. But my son you is that it. guy, too. He'll go in the house right now and be like, Dad, any football on? And I'm like, no, they don't play again until August. He's like... There's something on. I heard the XFL is on. I heard preseason football's on. He calls the XFL NFL preseason oh football. Oh my God. He's That's all so in. Fucking and cute, he can man. play, man. It is love. it's love. I mean, like okay, go ahead. Yeah. Well yeah, but back to skipping yeah, on this stuff. And to your question. Um, I I noticed in life that people they like to go where they know you care. So they dare where you care, basically. If if you show people this is how you are, they're gonna attack. Yeah, you, right. You gotta give give them something to grab. Um Skip gives him something to grab. One, he's either loved or loved to hate. Like Floyd Mayweather, kind of like. Mm-hmm. Floyd had that perfect balance of like, you either love Floyd, like, oh, I got his back no matter what. Or you like, I hate that sucker. I'm going to mm-hmm. watch every single time for him to fall, for him to get knocked out. And it never happened, right? So Skip is kind of in that same space. Either you love Skip, oh man, he broke that down. Or you're cat like, Man, I can't stand that sucker. He calls guys by their nicknames, out of their names. You know, he undermines cats. But in that tweet, in a vacuum, nothing wrong with what he said. He he talked about the physical health, mm-hmm. obviously. He also mentioned that this is a business, so therefore there are considerations. Someone's job in this moment right now, why he may be dying is to see if we're going to keep the lights on or we're going to keep this game going. That's just someone's job. And you brought that, that to
3: the attention of people. And, ma- yeah. and maybe the timing of it. Is what everyone had a problem with, yeah?
1: Ah, uh, I mean, Skip could have handled it differently. And look, he didn't apologize, but he also could have said, "Come on, y'all. Like, like, let's just be real about this. Like, someone cleans up that stadium. Someone right there has to go to the sidelines and notify the teams that hey, we're playing or we're not playing." Yeah. Matter of fact, in a moment, half the team was warming up. The Buffalo Bills started to warm up again. Why? They thought they had to play. Even though they were traumatized, even though they had seen something horrific, some of those guys had compartmentalized it and said, it's time to move the ball up 10 yards and play on. Wow. That's just how the game goes. So I thought he got demonized for something yeah. that we all knew in common sense yeah. had to be approached.
3: We also live in a world where, unfortunately, people want to jump. Like I was saying, like if you already have a little bit of um, – you know notoriety in the hate space Oh yeah. or, or just you're already living on an island on, on you know fuck you island yeah. and people have no problem driving a plane over and writing you know suck my ass skip in the <laughs> sky there's probably better analogy for all that but you get what i'm, t- you get what I'm trying to say yeah like yeah. he's already um he's just a big target already yeah but he but i think he's a personality and you can attest to this better than than i can that i think welcomes it i mm-hmm. think he feeds off i, I would venture to assume He had no problem getting blown up on Twitter because he's like, great,
1: something to talk about tomorrow. And also, hey, people are talking about Skip Bayless. Exactly. Like, knowing him personally and then knowing his persona, you couldn't get a greater distance between the two. No kidding. Like, Skip Bayless is uber nice, like, to me. Now, some people will contest that. That's their experience. For me, every time I see him, Pleasant speaks first, always will go through it. When I first started, Oh eight or so and he was doing cold pizza the dude was like okay what do you need from me like before we get on air what do you need from me all right and help me through whatever conversation that I had awesome. any issues I had and it's been that way to this day now his persona that means when the lights turn on you know how I go yeah. and action the yeah. actor that comes out oh that dude is like forget all y'all I don't give a damn about none of y'all and that's who he is playing In persona, but that's not who really Skip Bayless is. Do do you talk to um, young
3: uh, kids that are trying to get into this game, into your world, and do you – I'm always curious, I guess, you know, they probably think, all right, I got to get my Stephen A. Smith, I got to get my Skip Bayless, my Marcellus Wiley energy, persona, charisma. I got to – because those are the guys that keep working, that people talk about, that have – you know, that that they almost see that before they listen to what you're saying. It's like, no, listen to Marcellus, like – he, these are genuine thoughts and opinions coming from a real place, coming from experience, someone who's lived a life worth talking about. Yeah, not He didn't create this and all the jargon followed. Um, right, right, I love that. But I feel like that, you know, the same way that maybe a young NBA uh, high school or college kid's like, I just got to get to the NBA and get paid and then w- worry about whatever after that. Um, if they're trying to break into your world that they're thinking they got to do it with some harsh takes instead of, Finding your voice first, almost Mm -hmm. the way a comedian, I guess, would get on stage and do shock value material before actually finding out who you are up there.
1: Yeah, man, I love that. Um, I really tell all the youngsters to find their voice, find their signature, because that's the only thing that's unique about you. Like, if you go out there and try to replicate me, Stephen A., Skip, no matter what you do and no matter how well you do it, you're a carbon copy, Mm -hmm. and that's not going to be everlasting. Like, you're going to have to always work to find what we're doing and then apply that to yourself. To me, and I came in this way, and thankfully it worked. I came in, and the industry was different then. I'll talk about that, but- I came in and I said, I'm not doing it their way. I'm not going to be a broadcaster. I am not going to get on air and say, hello and welcome to NFL Live. I'm your host, Marcelo Swaddy. I don't know. That was
3: pretty fucking good. So, <laughs> I don't know. If, if any uh, NFL and NBC or uh, Fox executive watching,
1: that was right. spot on. Yeah, yeah. and that's what, they, you know, that's what you think they want you right. to do because that's what you see employed. But that's not what I did. I'm like, I'm not going to sit there with my hands perfectly manicured and the fake postures, and I'm not going to sit at the proper angle. No, I'm going to slouch at the desk because that's how I normally sit. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I feel. Now, what started to happen was agendas. What started to happen were these waves, like – Sports got more political. And all of a sudden now, they started judging the content differently. Like, it wasn't just, oh, Marcellus had a brilliant point. It's what side was Marcellus on in that brilliant point. And when that started to happen, I knew the writing was on the wall. Either A, they're going to get rid of me, or B, I'm going to leave before they get rid of me because I'm not long for this. I'm not long for just siding with stuff just because that's where the wave is going. And it happened a few different ways, a few different times where I was just looking at it like, wow, cats really up here just trying to keep their jobs. Now, two things also were happening at the same time concurrently. One, there was an independent space based on authenticity that was brewing in the sports world, entertainment world, on the Internet. Pat McAfee's, Mm. you know, Joe Rogan's, guys who were winning. And when I say winning, like multiples of what you see on sports broadcasting. I put it out there. Like Stephen A. is reported to make $12 million. I got a call from Pat McAfee's agent in 2018. He was like, Marcellus, we need to talk and do some audio, get you into the podcast space. Now, at 2018, I'm in ESPN going to Fox. I'm like, podcast. Yeah, I'm chilling. I'm in the velvet coffin, as they say. Yeah. I'm dying slowly, but comfortably. Sure. So I'm like, all right, this is cool. And I'm like, I ain't doing no podcast. I just look down on podcasts. I ain't doing no podcast. Wow. And then he checked me on the phone. He said, who do you think makes the most money in your space? I said, Colin, Skip, Stephen A. Somebody, I was like seven, eight million or something. He was like, "No, McAfee's making ten already." I said, "The punter?" He's like, "Yes." I said, "Oh hell, that was 2018." Now he's making 40 plus. Oh yeah, dude. So he's he's like three, four x the top dog in what I was doing, and I was like, "All right," I put that seed in Mm, my head, like, "Yo, chill, stop looking down on podcasts, right?" So I actually behind the scenes was working on one, but then the pandemic hit, we moved. And it just didn't work out, so I paused it again until this last contract run. But another thing that was happening was what I was talking about in terms of content. Like, I started to look around, and everybody was just like, they were just riding waves. I call them surfers. Like, they gonna say what you know everybody should say so that they don't get in trouble, and they keep their job. And I was like, I know these guys. Now People think I'm just making this up. I have text after text, DM after DM. Yo, Wally, keep killing it. You're saying it. Then I watched them on air. They say 180 of that. And I'm like, damn. And I ain't going to call no names because I protect the guilty. But I got tired of seeing that. And I was like, I'm the one out here taking all these hits because I'm saying what we really believe, or at least I know I believe. And y'all out there just keeping your jobs. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get me a different job. Yes. I'm going to employ myself, speak my truth, and watch me go catch McAfee, if not past McAfee, if not Give me a crumb of McAfee, and that's still more than what the cast over here doing, oh, yeah. what I've been doing. That's my game plan.
3: And that's uh, – holy shit. So you, there's got to be a podcast brewing at some point
1: with you. Yeah, I mean, like you're too – Yeah, well, I have – I see, I'm doing it differently. All right, so first thing I did was like, I'm going to do podcasts, I'm going to do a show, but I need partnerships. Because yeah. uh, what a network is – is it's a container where all the ad sponsors and brands plug into. And they just just give you a check, an envelope, to say for two hours, just talk. I don't give a damn really what you talk about. Just don't mess up. Mm -hmm. Don't cause any ripples, any waves. Just ride the waves for two hours, Mm -hmm. right? That's all I need. Now, if you get big ratings, even better. But just fill up those two hours so we can now sell that to the ads and to the sponsors, to the brands. All right, that's what we do. And then commercial breaks, blah, blah, blah. Now, when you're independent, you got to be the one doing that. You got to be the one that actually gets those connections and plugs them into yourself. Thankfully, being in the business as long as I was, I knew I had those relationships. So first thing I did was like, I need partnerships. I need people to plug into me. Now, what are you plugging into? Not just Marcellus. Hey, he's a father and he has four kids. I'm going to do shows. So I have two shows now. One is with iHeart dan patrick network more to it great another one is what Brinks tv where i'm a partner in with john Brinkis, and that's called never shut up now all of a sudden i have content like the network but i also have the plugins from the partnerships and the brands and we have more partnerships i'm about to announce the next week or two basically i'm creating my own network but guess who's the network me guess who's pr me guess who's marketing me yeah guess who's hr me I can't get in trouble. Like, I'm just on my own doing my thing. And literally, the numbers support it. And that's why I see McAfee didn't choose his role. McAfee wasn't allowed to get a job initially. Totally. Nobody wanted him. Yeah. And now, there's no bigger fuck you to the world than I am going to have revenge in my success. Yeah, he's kind of
3: writing his own script and kind of showing uh, some of these networks, most of them actually, that like, you're not the only way. You're not the gatekeeper. It's same as in our business. Obviously, Rogan with what he's doing, and, yeah. and now just making all podcasts have a uh, a platform to be to be the uh, the place where people get their content. Yeah. High tide uh, is uh, wow. So you're HR too. So yeah, you can't meet to yourself, right? Nah.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I was working at networks saying things that were crossing the line they felt or maybe towing the line, and I was like, "Dog, I'm not really," because I have the text from you. I had the conversation with you that in your real identity, your real spirit, you agree with. But when I get on air, that's not what you're supposed to say. Oh, man. So I got a little tired of that, too, because I was raised, just say it. And if you say it, mean it. And that was it. It was a really simple formula my grandmother especially taught us. And What would she say if
3: people didn't, if you say it and mean it, and then people don't want to hear it or don't agree?
1: That's fine. You
3: hope that they just have the understanding of, well, thanks for at least being transparent with me and not going to,
1: because you know what, my sister told me this. One, when you have a discussion with somebody, you hope that that person is actually dug into their point. right? Because that means that's what they really feel. right? Like I think a lot of times our expectations are wrong when you first come to a conversation. I don't want someone who waffles, as soon as I say one thing, they're like, oh yeah, you're right, and I'm like, dog, so why in the hell you come in here so full of, and your chest all puffed up and full of steam if you just, oh, I just convinced you and caved you that fast. So I kind of want a back and forth, I want a joust. Literally like a football game. Yeah. I'm on offense right now. Now it's your turn to get the ball. You're on offense, yeah. and I'm going to defend my point, etc. right? We go through these exchanges. But even in that moment, if we tie, like you feel like I didn't convince him, and I feel like I didn't convince you, it's okay. Because two things are going to happen. Every conversation you either learn or unlearn. Simple as that. Now, you don't do that in that moment. You do it on a practice field, film study, weight room, training room. You get better there than you just display that on the field. What happens in conversations is we think that we need to see them change. Now, watch when they leave, that drive home when they're quiet. Dog. That was interesting he said that. Yeah. And who who hears that? Who's in the crowd for that? Nobody. Yeah. Right? And that's me, too. When somebody says something to me, when I read comments, because I try to read all my comments. For real. Now, they are way too many, and I don't get to them all. But I really have intent to try to read as many, because I believe in the wisdom of the crowd. Like, if I say something, I literally want to hear someone who's against what I'm saying and see where they're coming from, because that rounds out my argument. That makes me either learn more about my argument or let some of that off. Marcel, he's right. Unlearn some of that. And I'm always in that exchange. I'm on offense or defense when I'm on this field. And if people looked at it that way, you wouldn't be so damn upset, perturbed, and and mad and emotional when you're having a disagreement. I just don't get it. I'm like, I'm going to say my part. You say your part. Can we make this Tetris fit? No, not right now. All right, that's cool. I got my pieces. You got yours. Go back. On a drive home, you're going to start trying to get some yeah. more.
3: That's healthy that you have that mindset. I think you should allow for engagement with your fans like that. Also, who's to say you can't pick up a perspective from a comment threader? It's why they still have live sports callers. I know you've gone on my yeah. uh, friend's shows, um, Wyman and Bob Stelton up in Seattle. Yes, my dog. Yeah. Those guys are my, uh, my homies. That's like my show. I'm going on a spring training in Arizona with them next week. Sick. Um, and they uh, – how you doing, Hotwise? Good. Yeah, It's getting Air. toasty yeah. up in this thing. Well, let's maybe do it. Yeah. Let's pause it. <laughs> yeah, well, we can pump it on for a minute. Yeah, can let's, you? Just turn, let's just turn it on during yeah. the show. That's fine. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, but exactly. they, uh, you know, they still take callers. You know, like radio still takes, and
1: uh, that's original content. It's yeah. not a script. You you can't write what somebody's going to hear you say right. and then respond to it by their experiences. That's why I love that as well. And sometimes,
3: I mean, I don't know, the, the number of great callers of people calling in being like. Man, Geno Smith, you know, are we sure Duloc ain't the guy? I mean, we haven't seen him play, but I mean, I've seen a couple YouTube clips. That guy. <coughs> sorry, I've been drinking. That guy. That guy's the shit. Can I say the shit? Fuck, I'm my bad. Oh, fuck. I curse again. Shit, fuck, fuck. So you get that guy. And then sometimes yeah, you yeah, get yeah, guys yeah. that are actually real data, and you're like, oh, is this an analyst undercover? Yeah. Um, yes. But it's it's, it's. it's I sometimes listen for that because I'm like, y- y- you like to get both sides. Right. But it's also. I don't know. It's, it, it does, uh, you know, to have to deal with both parts of that, I feel like um, it makes you better. Um, Absolutely makes you better. When you were as a player now, uh, um, a former player. Can I get player? a water
1: too? Some, yeah. some yeah. hydrogen gotcha. molecules? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Still, two uh, of them. And right? then one oxygen. Still a sparkling. You, are you, oh, still. Uh, Boy, you sound like you had crustaceans <laughs> or something. You said still a sparkling. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> How about Beverly Hills flat? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Boy, you know, they, water costs a grip when it come in a beer can. Oh, yeah. God. What's well, with
3: Deathman? They, uh, they've been pumping around for a while now. They're, I'll Sick. send you a link to some of their commercials. They're insane. But That's they dope. they do a lot of podcasts. But it's mm. delicious, dude. I've never drank water out of a can before. But come on.
1: Jesus. I feel like I'm drunk already yeah, just because it right? got oh, the yeah. can <laughs> in it. Can you want a Celsius burr, burr. too? Huh? Celsius, too, you said? Oh, no, no. Okay. What? Another one. Another Celsius, ah, that back to back? That's 400, <laughs> 400 milli. <laughs> I'm in the zone. You're gonna walk
3: to pick up your kids at that
1: point <laughs> and carry them home.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, what is your drink of choice if you're going out to uh, to kick back? We talking alcohol? Yeah.
1: Hydration situation? Yeah. Alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but like... what's
3: but what's your uh, you a beer? Or your liquor uh, guy? Your vodka soda gin and tonic? Dude,
1: I am straight tequila. Uh, I go phases. Like yeah. all right, right now I'm in a dark phase right now because I'm old mature. Yeah. I, I swear dark. Liquor used to make me want to fight like everybody else said it did. Wow. Like, I was like, I ain't going to drink dark liquor because I don't need no issues. Uh-huh. But now, you can't force me to fight. You can come up to me and do everything except spit on me. If you spit on me, we fight. But other than that, Isn't you it can Isn't crazy how spitting is spitting, just, bro? Is, me too, man. Dog, that's the worst thing you can do to me right now. You might can shoot at me, and if you miss, that's better than spitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather get shot at than spit what on me. someone shoots you with a spit gun? Oh! Oh, they're f- <laughs> I bury me under the jail. I'm still fighting a personal foul, unnecessary roughness. Wiley, he's still fighting. Throw him out the gate. He's still fighting. I will fuck. Oh, Ooh. Shit. Hell yeah. Oh, Other shit. than that, I'm good. I'm yeah,
3: good. okay. I'm good. Um, Yeah, you seem like you'd be a good time. Like in a little pregame Chargers tailgate. I'm going to have to hit one of those. You, you got to come to the game? With you me? ever see my boy Jaleel White down there? Not at the game. Yeah, he's That's the th- homie, he's, but I haven't seen him at the game. Yeah, his um, his uh, fiance is um, in the Chargers world. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, we should all uh, Hell yeah. get down there for one minute.
1: Oh, man, I go to
3: every I'm sure home my Seahawks game. are coming down. Well, no, they just did that did, this did year. They just did that this year. That yeah. year. Were you we at that one? Stri- oh, yeah.
1: Every game, dog. Every game, I sit there in my season ticket right there. And we got eight of them for the family. And, uh, God damn, five of us in the family. <laughs> then we got three left over. I'm like, oh, God shit. dang um honey stay home uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh we sit there and i'm a fan and i swear there's like one maybe two percent of the time you're like yo go up in the suite get your season tickets in the suite be that guy yeah. and then the other 98 99 percent of the time best experience in the world come on i sit there right on the aisle right there on the edge people walk up to me what's up wiley let's get a pick what's up wiley here's a beer for you what's up wiley let's just talk and i'm just sitting there like awesome you know why it's awesome because i used to be on that field Man, blood coming out of me. This big old six foot seven dude, 340 pounds, whooping my ass. And I used to sit there, what's the score? Coach yelling at me, you don't make as much as me, coach, shut up. And I'm just sitting there with all these pressures and anxieties. And you still got to go hard, play your best, even if you don't feel good. Mm. Like, so I I stayed hurt. And I used to just remember the anxiety of playing versus now I'm damn near drunk. (laughs) And I'm watching them play, and I'm like, best, right? who gives a damn? Yeah, yeah who cares? <laughs> I want the Chargers to win, but who gives a damn? Who cares? Yeah. Pound them.
3: Yeah. is uh when you, Okay, back to the DeMar Hamlin thing real quick. Oh, yeah. As a player, I, I wanted to know you're like, do you think he'll play again, first of all? And do you think he should play again?
1: Ah, there, here's the things in the way of that. One, the pandering. Are the Buffalo Bills really going to say, hey, here's a contract for you? In spirit, like they're, are they gonna support that? They're gonna say that, I think, in pandering. Like, you gotta say, here's another opportunity for you. But then, behind closed doors, are you rooting for that to work out? Do you want that liability? Or are you just gonna say, hey, insure them and then we'll just deal with it? But that's a hell of a bad PR hit if something happens to them again, correct? Why'd you let him go back and stuff? So there's no winning in that situation, really. I don't see it unless you just give him the opportunity and you take that risk. Okay, that's one, from the Buffalo Bills' perspective. Two, from his perspective, dog, you saw the white light and then you came back. Do you want to do anything that could put you in that position again? Oh, you trust the doctors. The doctors say, hey, this was a freak accident. It won't happen again. Yeah, right. I don't believe that. So if I'm him, I'm like, Do I even want to do that? And now he's in this different lane where if he properly navigates, he can use his image, his likeness. He can use what his experience was and the near-death experience and make money. I mean, he made, what, $10 million in two days off of that. So I know it's his childhood dream and it shouldn't be cut short. But that's a roll of the dice to go out there again and potentially put yourself in that level of harm's way. You died. You didn't nearly die. You died and came back to life, they said. That's insane. And so on the field. On the field. So if it were me, I would tap out just because I know that his family's probably begging him to tap out, no? Yeah, it's I mean- just Football's a means to an end. So if this is not the end, let's get to the next step. Yeah. You know? I you got I, to play. You got you, to play a couple years, right? like, what, two, three years? Yeah. I would say there are so many things that I'm not 100% sold on even what I'm feeling. Of course. It's just like I would have kids. I would have family. I have my wife. I'm thinking of all of that. Yeah. And then I'm going out there to play again. And every time I play, they're not thinking about how good I am. They're thinking about how bad it can be. They're thinking about what can happen. And they're still stuck in that trauma. So I know I would be a little bit in that trauma, too, as much as I try to turn the next page.
3: Would you also be – do you think that he uh, would be back out on the field with, you know, trepidations about, like, you know, running up to make a hit and being, like, oof, like
1: a little hesitant? Oh, yeah. Look, when guys come off of Achilles injuries, ACL injuries, which are major, they – they struggle to find their sixth gear again. The sixth gear is the mindless gear, the Bruce Lee glow, like you're not even thinking, you know? And when you just go out there and you trust yourself without thinking about it, all instinct, right? But when you come off an injury, you're always checking on your injury while you're trying to get back to who you were. So every time you step, you're like, "Oh, is my knee okay? Oh, that was good. Oh, cool. Oh, that was a crazy play, get up, knee fine? Oh yeah, sit down on the bench, oh, knee okay, okay, good. Somebody runs up to you and accidentally hits it, knee okay, okay, good. And that's when you see a player, you're like, like Klay Thompson comes yeah. to mind. Like, you know, the last couple of years, you're like, Klay's coming back, but yeah. he's not there yet. Mm. Cause he doesn't trust his sixth gear. Even though physically he may be the same mentally, oh, your mind responds to trauma. That's what the pain signals are. So even if you don't feel physical pain, you still got emotional pain. And your body's like, dog, I'm good. And your mind's like, yeah, okay, for how long? And it's mind over matter, it's mind over body. So imagine someone with an ACL struggling, Achilles struggling. What is somebody who just died going to do when they get back on the (laughs) field? Oh, shit. I just don't know what that is, and I'm not going to really bet on it.
3: Hey, guys. Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode, and it's cookie time. Attention, all cookie lovers, including me. Love cookies. Cookies are my weakness. I've said it before, and I'm saying it again right now. I know you crave the sweet taste of freshly baked cookies. Just saying that makes me foam at the mouth. Say it again with me. Freshly baked cookies dipped in milk or eaten by themselves. Well, look... My friends at Twin Life Baking Company have you covered in cookies (laughs) with cookies. You can cover yourself in cookies. It's your life. Made from the finest ingredients and baked to perfection. They've got flavors like red velvet stuffed Nutella, vanilla cookie monster, Rocky Road, s'more, strawberry short stack, birthday funfetti, chocolate bomb, snickerdoodle, pumpkin snickerdoodle, classic chocolate chip, cinnamon toast crunch, cowboy cookie, cookies and cream, lemon delights, and guess what? My very own cookie. That's right. The Adam Ray Pop-Tart. Little bits of brown sugar pop tart on a cinnamon snicker. It's a chocolate. It's just trust me, all right? It's the greatest cookie I've ever had. I get emotional thinking about it. If you're listening to this, you're probably a person with great taste buds and you love great cookies and you want to celebrate two badass moms. So, right now, go to twinlifebakingcompany.com and use promo code aboutlastnight to save 20% off your order. That's twinlifebakingcompany.com, promo code aboutlastnight to save 20% off your order.
2: What time is it? Cookie time. Well, it's another new year. We made it 2023. We did it. Congratulations. Hug yourself. Touch yourself. So that when you ask yourself who touched you, you know who it was. You got goals, guys.
3: Okay? And you want to achieve all of them. Every single one of them. And Factor is here to help you do that. So if you're looking to fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, then Factor's the place to go. Okay? They leave you time and energy to tackle everything else in your to-do list so you don't have to worry about where and what you're eating. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and start saving time, eating well, and living your best life yet. If you love Factor, probably because you're too busy to cook and you don't like going to the grocery store and potentially, you know, um, running into somebody uh, from your past, and you want to skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Well, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, and all you need is heat, And uh, and a positive attitude. So whether your lifestyle is keto, calorie smart, vegan, protein plus options are on the menu each week. They're prepared by chefs and approved dietitians, not these unapproved dietitians. And each meal has all the ingredients that you need to feel satisfied all day long. 34 chef-prepared, dietitian approved weekly options are there for you. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus sweets, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Cut back on takeout and get Factor instead. Okay, it's ready to make, ready to eat food in just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal is prepared by the chefs that know what you want, and they're excited to give it to you. So head to factormeals.com slash last night fifty and use promo code last night fifty to get fifty percent off your first box. That's insane. I didn't know that was a deal until I just read it. That's crazy. 50% off at factormeals.com slash last night fifty. And you're gonna get fifty percent off your first box. That's insane. So you gotta do it. There's no better deal out there, and no better food as well. Factor.com slash last night fifty. Now let's get back to the episode. Um, yeah, the injuries in sports, I feel like, are talked about, you know, a fair amount, um, you know, or uh, you know, Kevin Durant to me at this point feels like someone well, that I'm like, I just feel so bad for him. Yeah, I, I, I but I also am like, you know, you you, uh, you shit in your bed, you gotta sleep in it. Like, <laughs> I think he should have never left OKC. I mean, mm. this never would have started if they didn't fucking move from Seattle. That's a whole other podcast. Mm. Fucking David Stern, RIP, but also rotten hell, bitch. Uh, no, I love it. No, that was dark. We'll, we'll edit that out. We're gonna keep that in. Actually, we're gonna keep that in. Um, that was a hard take. Mm. What I meant by rotten hell was, how dare you? Because you wanted to make an example of our city and the team, and what would happen if you didn't upgrade and update your stadium and arena. Yeah. And so you moved the team, and you felt no remorse. Yeah. So for that, I
1: for for the idea of what you did.
3: Fuck you. All right, but, let um, me push back.
1: Yeah. Because you said two different things. Yeah. Okay, no remorse, yeah. one column. Yeah. Other column, business decision. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to update? You don't want to upgrade? Y'all got to go. We got to go. You're mad at him for that? The um, business of the NBA I, is I, like, if you don't keep up, we got to go. Well, here's- The Chargers what, did that in San Diego to L.A., I and know. I'm not mad at him. You're not? No. Well,
3: what here, are you supposed to do, stay in the slums? Well, here's <laughs> that. What? I mean, yeah, I know. When, when, when Hurricane Katrina happened, you know, uh, Clay Bennett- let the Hornets play um, in uh, Oklahoma City. And so yeah. Storm was like, oh, yeah, right? Like, yeah. you gave us uh, – you, you made it so that we didn't lose a shit ton of money and you housed our team and you kept the, it kept everything moving and shaking. Right, so right. I got you. He's like, well, I want an NBA team here. Right. Cool, man. I know it's not as easy as Expand because it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So they needed to – because they wanted to keep their number of teams for, for all their TV money and everything. But yeah. And so, you know, it was, well, who's – who's on the block that could be. And a lot of things went down. The city yes. didn't step up in areas. Ballmer did a little bit too late. Um, but
1: also. Uh, yeah, let it I'll, go, dog. Let it go. See, I told you, everybody I've worked with. Can we with, talk about my parents' divorce they get, next? They time. get swept up in some emotional wave, and then they just let the facts sit on the sideline, and they're like, no. he! How dare he run a league yeah. where he's trying to upgrade and make more money and have better facilities? Yeah. Dare him. And then he had no remorse. What the hell does the remorse got to do with it? But also, you're trying to – a team's been there for 41 years. Good. Like, it ain't going to be 42 unless y'all get a new stadium.
3: We got a new stadium. Yeah. Shrimps jersey will be retired. Same Ooh. with the Rain Man, same with GP. I love that dude. Oh, what about Rain Man? Did you see that? Mm-mm. Sean Kemp, you didn't even hear about that? Oh. Yeah. Oh, you mean Pac? What are the Raymen you thinking of? Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> yeah, pop pop. Yeah, the Tacoma Mall. Oh, that was so sick. Bro, I know Kemp personally. He's oh, you He's been do? on this podcast. We did a two-and-a-half-hour podcast. Wow. It's unreal. It's better than anything you'll see on any NBA TV. Dude, we did it at his weed shop in Seattle. I threw in clips and pictures and videos. You're talking to a guy who's a sports fan, a yeah. Kemp fan, and a guy who grew up with him, who saw him play at Green Lake doing pickup games. I had footage for that on YouTube. Put it in. It's Damn. incredible. Go check it out. I will. I will. But, but man... <coughs> I mean, just fuck, dude. I mean, this mm. this uh, starts me off on a, on a conversation with you about how do you... You just talked about this um, on uh, Never Shut Up, um, this clip on your IG talking about John Morant, mm. and you talked about athletes getting to a line and then just not crossing it. Yeah. It seems easier said than done, from my vantage point, to just go, John Morant, you got the world in your palm, dude. Yeah. You truly are on the precipice of just becoming... Maybe the face of basketball. Yeah. Uh, when when Steph starts to kind of age out, which will never happen, I think Steph's gonna be fifty two <laughs> and still shooting fucking threes yeah. from the other end of the court. Look at
1: the flick of the wrist. Whoop. Come on. As dude. Long as he can flick that wrist, right? It's a
3: problem on you. It's a yeah. problem. Yeah. Um. But to see someone like Ja, and even just to throw in, you know, Sean in there with just having a gun and a, a you know, someone steals your shit. Yeah. But like the fact that you're even living in that world where you're like, right. I'm going to the mall to get my shit back or jaw you know i haven't watched everything yeah i've more listened and then seen an ig of him flashing it mm-hmm. but i guess i just use my own deductive reasoning and go young kid a lot of money yeah don't know i've seen his dad i think on the sidelines yeah too much See, uh, too t- much t- dad. doing too much doing too much yeah so i'm use i'm using that to go oh i don't think he has anyone really telling him uh you know to kind of
1: yeah. Reeled in. Yeah, man, there's a lot of levels to this. Let's start with the fact that I used to steal growing up in high school, yeah. uh I stopped. I What'd got Would you caught. steal? Uh, usually T-shirts and batteries and film, random. Like I used to, so look. I worked at
3: Albertsons and I stole all the film. Yeah, People see- would walk in from Europe trips, <laughs> yeah. and I'd be like, "Dude, get the panoramic, get the picture CD, get it all." I was in the customer service booth, yeah. and I go, you got a coupon. You got a coupon. You got a sweet face. You got kind eyes. What are those new tits? Nice to see you again, bam. <laughs> and two eighty nine for four hundred dollars worth of film. Hell yeah! Boom, and I hooked myself up too. Hell and yeah! They put in cameras two weeks before I came down to SC, and I got fired. But oh, um, okay, yeah, similar story okay. in,
1: in, in some ways. Um. I used to just steal. Um, not because I was broke, because I was broke my entire childhood, but there was a phase where all of a sudden I wanted some things and I couldn't afford them, or I didn't want to spend the little money I had on them. So I was sure. still. And then I got caught. Um, and they, the police didn't call uh, the police didn't take me in. That's what happened. They took me to the back of the surveillance room or the shopping center, yeah. and you can see all the cameras. You're like, shit, they had me. for Hello. Oh, yeah, funny. they, they were had tracking me tracking <laughs> you from the
3: moment you walked by that Jamba Juice and took a whiff of some fucking
1: Dream Machine. They were hell like, yeah. watch that guy. Hell yeah, yeah. And then when I stopped and hollered at that girl, that's like, man, that, fast forward. <laughs> well,
3: yeah, <laughs> they're showing you the whole tape.
1: This here, I don't know what you said, but she clearly was there.
3: She said, hey, do you guys want to just fucking book right, me right, or not? Can right, right. Not? Look like Michael Irvin's <laughs> videotape out
1: yeah. right now. Like, what's up? What's up? All right, so anyway, I I get to the part where I'm stealing stuff, and they looked at me, and they said, now, for some reason, the police right there, for some reason, I think you're a good kid, but you're doing some dumb shit. And they said, where do you go to school? Told them, they was like, we're going to call your principal, and we're going to ask her, are you a good kid? And if she says yes, we'll release you to her. And if she says no, you're coming with us. Literally, holy shit. Got on the phone, and... I can't only hear what they're saying. It's like, hello, we have Marcellus Wiley here. It's like, it's yeah, it. no,
3: no, that girl wasn't into it. Yeah, no, but yeah, I don't know what he said. We'll figure that out. That's that's besides the point. Anyway, yeah, right.
1: yeah, yeah. And long story short, obviously she said he's a good kid. She came up there and picked me up. She said, Marcellus, if you ever steal again, if you ever do anything like this again, not only will I vouch for you, but no one will. Okay, this was your warning. And I was like, wow. And that's when I came up with a Wileyism. at that time, people don't know, that the universe whispers before it yells. And that was my whisper. And if I didn't listen to it, oh, it was going to yell in my ass, right? So when you get caught stealing, what everyone knows about getting caught is that ain't your first time, right? Like, that wasn't my first time. I just got caught. So when you see guys who cross the line and they get caught, remember, They've been crossing that line. So when you talk about John Moran or Sean Kemp or whatever it may be, it's a dangerous place to be when you're that visible. And I know you're young with money and we're, especially men, are prefrontal cortex, not fully developed, blah, blah, blah. But you're not the only athlete in that position. There are other young superstars who are not doing that, right? They have different pools. They may come from different backgrounds, whatever it may be. It's not where you're from. It's where you're at. And where you are right now? It comes with a set of rules, conduct, and standards. And if you can't apply and and you can't be the guy that can live up to that, there are going to be consequences for that. Simple as that. Now, I think a lot of times when you get all this free time, you're balling out of control, everyone says yes to you, you lose your way. Now, that's where enter Dad, enter Team Arendt. I am one who looks at Team rent from the outside like, Daddy, you're you not even doing too much. You're doing three much. Like, you are so much. You're sidelined. That's fine. Mm. Glasses on indoors. Okay, they're going to judge you, but that's still fine. Yeah. But they're going to look at you a little different. Sure. Drank in hand. Now they're going to really add the glasses with the drink in yep. hand. But here's the problem what I have. There have been too many instances where he's instigated or been involved in altercations with fans or other players. Like, Daddy. Why are you yelling at the other team to the point where he's responding to you to the point where y'all getting into it? That's crazy. That lets me know this happened in their house, which happens in most athletes' homes. When you get drafted, you're 21, you're 22. You look at your parents, and they're like, congratulations. You're like, thank you. You get a check that is larger than what mama and daddy made in their entire lives combined. You know what happens immediately? the power dynamic shifts all of a sudden they don't make statements to you they ask you questions they don't demand you to do things they hope you do things they just shift into a different role very few stay in that same position that's why grant hill's parents said grant congratulations we're going to continue to work so we're not under your thumb now all these parents who stop working daddy daddy all of a sudden here's your house mama here's your house here's your car here's your car Fine, fine, fine. Take care of him. But when it's time for them to say, hey, sit your ass down and you're doing too much. That's gone. You are now jeopardizing in your head at least or maybe in reality your existence. What he has just elevated you to, you're scared to really check him because you don't want him to pull the plug or oh, pull the rug from underneath. Don't bite the hands that feed you all that exactly. bullshit. Yeah, And oh that's, what's God, play, that's what's at play, bro. That's what's at play. And I've seen it. Look, it happened to me, but I wasn't wilding out like that. But my my mother used to accuse my dad of being a father when I was growing up, and then when I made it being a fan, and she was like, "That boy still needs you to check him." But my dad was just pumped that hey, I made this. Yeah, he's good. Look yeah. what I did. What you mean check him? He's great, and he's hooking me up too. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom said he needs a father, not a fan. I remember her always saying that. Wow, mm-hmm. that is a
3: man. That's a powerful statement. Yeah, I, I, that's a tough thing to. Um, We were talking about just even uh, pre-show, like blurring those lines of business and friend when you're working together with someone. And for a parent that's, yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure your dad, you know, I mean, you tell me, like, did, uh, was he, you know, helping you along in your journey, like keeping you on track so that when you got to where you were, maybe there was part of him that was like, all right, let him figure it out. He's a man now. Like, I don't think it was him needing to... But, I mean, you know, that's also mom being mom, like, wanting him to still step in and do the dad stuff. Like, he's still, even though he, you guys are adult men now, like, you still yeah. got to check him. But it's like, there is something to be said about, I helped him get to here. At the same way parents approach, like, a kid gets to 18, 19, exactly. 21, and now you're in the world. I did my job, but, like, now you got to figure out life. Yeah. Which is, I agree with that, too. But, man, it's still also, like, to be even 21 in this world is fucking bonkers. Yeah. I can't even... You know, my 13-year-old nieces are struggling with putting the fucking phone down. And it's like, I don't even know how to – my brother-in-law was just like, that's just how it is now, man. And we go back and forth because I'm like, you know, I can't uncle from a, a couple states away. But <laughs> I know there can be more parenting done as far as, like, controlling that. But but he's right to a certain extent that, like, this is just the world we live in. They're going to get to it regardless. Now it's just a, a way of – um it's almost a way I think, you know, we viewed uh, – um you know, Jordan back in the day, it's like you can't stop it, but you got to contain it somehow, Yeah, right?
1: yeah. You know what? The the way I think we all need to look at it is we need to get out the right and wrong game because yeah. the right and wrong game will, one, make you come at somebody where you're not empathetic. Yeah. You're trying to really just score and get your points across, right, and not really understand that they have points as well no matter how crazy it is, Sure. you know, and vice versa. They may be looking at you. Yours are crazy. Yeah. Get out the right or wrong game and get into this game of what works. Once I made that mental shift of what works, you realize, one, like Runyon Canyon. All right, we go to Runyon. I go to Runyon, you go to Runyon. You can go to Runyon and go ten different ways to the top. Now, at first everyone goes that same paved, cemented way, right? More yeah. the pretty girls go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you see next level pretty girls hitting them trails and them little dirt roads, the ones who super yoke, oh, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Like, where'd she go? That's where the rattlesnakes are. She like, no, they're not. This is where it's really good. Killed them all. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? And next thing you know, you find all these different paths. My point is what works for you. So in John ja Moran's situation, it's not working the way it is right now designed. So therefore, daddy, you might have to step in. But I'm not saying that you were wrong. I'm saying some parents can go like that. Like my dad, wash his hands, hey, he a a grown ass man, let him do it. And he got it, he gonna be fine. Versus if I was messing up, if I was tricking off the money, all of a sudden, hey, this is not working, let's apply ourselves now. So right and wrongs, because then that's not universally applied. What's universally applied is what you're doing doesn't work for your 13-year-old niece. Hey, she can be on the phone. I was a phone person in the terms of you can give me any electronic, I knew how to responsibly use it, not my sister. But my sister also you give her money, she was responsible with it, not me. Mm. So like everybody's different. Yeah. Just get into what works yeah. instead of right and wrongs.
3: Speaking of right and wrongs, uh before we wrap this up, I got a few more things, but I want to know your um biggest um In this last NFL uh, season. Are you following, by the way, is is the NFL of all the sports? Because you cover them all. You watch them all. But which one are you like? Yo, I would, you know. If they they put me on a panel to decide, hey, we're going to do one sport a year. Mm. And you had to fight for which one that was would it be football oh of course the king of
1: all sports it is Uh, yeah i mean it's not my favorite sport my favorite sport is track and field oh shit because it's just pure you did that too right yeah yeah that's right i was fast fast yeah you were hell yeah so i got fat fat Uh, (laughs) fat fast (laughs) until i got fat fat (laughs) take the s off (laughs) Uh, but yeah i used to roll man i set national records national championships like i was really fast um but it will be football for this reason it's just served perfectly. Like everything else, is like you go to the buffet. It's just too much to choose from. Too many games, yeah. and then it's like you're eating too many times. Yeah. Like yeah. back to backs. Like football is like eat, digest, relax, chill, take a week off, take, baby. take a week off, go walk around the block, go hey, yeah. go hang out with your family. Yeah. You coming back next Sunday, right? Oh. I'll see you Sunday, girl. And oh. then it's like oh, it's just perfect oh, amount shit. of time, right? Yeah. So I think football just has the best schedule. But beyond that, they do a tremendous job marketing it, and they have the best contrast. So what works for football is uniformity. And how do they sell that? Who's under that helmet? You don't know. Oh, the branding, the marketing, their play, their production makes them all of a sudden become a household name, a face that you know. But before that, they're all anonymous. And we love that discovery process versus the NBA, even if he ain't nobody, you just know who he is already. And you're like, yeah. all right, who is this dude? So you're almost getting flooded and inundated by, like, mediocrity. Like, yeah, yeah who's wow. that? Who's that? Who's that? Oh, he's great. Oh, who's that? And then it's just like anything. Dog, y'all do the relegating. Y'all y'all get sift through the, the noise. And then let me just get the signal. Football's like, dog, you don't even care about them. Ke- Name the offensive line. I don't know. Exactly. Who cares? Yeah. But you know that quarterback. You know his face. That running back. Yeah. You know those points going up. Right? Just simple. They just give it to you the best way. It is fun to discover
3: personalities. I was with my boy uh, Travis Kelsey last night at the Comedy Store. Mm. A beast. Beast. And a perfect example of someone that has, you know, done his thing on the field, been who he is on and off, a just – I mean – Most you know-
1: eligible b- bachelor still, right? No? Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. It's still, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah he still – Yeah. Don't get – Hey, don't get booed up. He got to go straight from where he is now to marry, Like, no middle step because, dog. Oh, man. I don't – No, I saw of some all- guys
3: coming at him last night. I mean, he's a – he, Dude, he is <laughs> – love on of, him. On top of being a good-looking dude, he's so smooth. And he's yeah. so nice. Yes. It's not about above. being fake smooth. He is – We were um, – All the above. We were in KC – and, uh, and he had just come to my uh, my last show out there. And the next day, we were, I think maybe we were going pod or whatever. And we're at the gas station, sitting in the car. And some guy looks over and she goes, she goes I know that ain't Travis Kelsey over there. Oh, man. And then he, he was like, oh, what's up, girl? And then start chatting. And then she asked if she could uh, go wherever we were going. And he was like, oh, we got to do this and this. But I'll come over, take a pic with you. Chummed it up with her for five yeah, minutes. Yeah. He's also king in that city. Oh, come on. I mean, Beyond. I didn't realize how big football was in a city that football's king Mm. but if you are a good dude and you're doing what he's doing not only on that team but just for the sport and now like you said discovering the personality with him and his brother jason's podcast at snl it's like your people are uh like my mom is a huge fan and she now watches him so much just because she knows we're buds and she like feels a a connection there yeah she's also hits me up when she sees him on stuff and being like i saw this interview he was blah blah you should ask him about this. This is a really cool – he's doing this thing. He's doing this. And she now enjoys the uh, um, the process of getting to find out who that guy was.
1: Yeah, that discovery um, process, yeah. man. As long as we that's, feel like we're invested on the ride, yeah. oh, we'll go everywhere. And that's what football does. Yeah. Basketball, they almost just say, get in. And you're like, wait a minute. Who's this? Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole one and done, and now that may go away. I just think theirs is too accelerated. And – There are just too many games still. 82 is still too many. There are too many times where you can check out. And imagine what you're doing. When you check out of a game, your team, you're like, man, they just played last night. Tonight I got to go out to dinner. So, you know, you're not watching them. You don't do that in football. They're only 16, 17 now, 17 games, right? And you're like, Yo. I am dedicating 17 weekends, yeah. whatever it may be, to that. Yeah. Then I'll live the rest of the off
3: season. Are you into Monday and Thursday night as much as you are Sunday? And how does your wife deal with that? My brother-in-law struggles <laughs> with that in the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Derte, my white rapper brother-in-law, and he. Uh, <laughs> Derte. Derte, man. He. Lo- he's a big. Oh yeah. And he was. No one was happier when Russ got traded. This mm. guy from the get-go, and he and I fought on this all the time. Mm. It's one of the things I want to ask you about, but um, we'll get to that in a sec. But oh, but the, the balance of of does your wife hold just on, know hold on, hold on. brother <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah frat party
1: <laughs> that's water oh, y'all my too. god
3: i just saw a flashback and a flash forward mm. to a sunday tailgate with my boy mm-hmm. marcellus wiley holy shit Already? it's on man uh does she just know when season rolls around and you're like and also now i mean you got a wingman Yeah, you your son being like babe i thursday night football i can't all in. You
1: want to he, hey, disappoint our son? Yes. I, right? I, I tell you, man, the best bonding experience we have, I think, is when the game is on, he knows. I'm laying back, and he's jumping on my lap and just watching the game with me. And literally, just time and time again, you know, random times, I'll just whisper something to him that, like, watch that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came to life, and this is crazy, so we were watching games, and he plays running back. Basically, at this age, if you're fast, you just got the ball in yeah, your hand, right? right. So whatever that is. So I'm like, I'm watching my son when he's playing, and he's the fastest kid out there. But more than that, he's the fastest under control. So there's a difference. Second place, whoever's going to be second place compared to my son is running. like He's trying his damnness to keep up with my son. My son is so fast that he could be smooth. He could be under control. He's comfortable when he's running. So that's a problem for the other kid because the other kid can't stop. Once he he's like, ah! And then my son goes, er! that kid's gone. So my son, still as talented as he was, he was playing amazing. I was like, there's another level to him. Sure. I said, but you got to start using your brain. You got to train your brain. You can't just go out there physically. He's like, Daddy, I mean, he's seven. He's like, what? Come on. And I said, watch this. And I slow-moed him a running back. And I said, you see these two guys? It's a running back and a corner. I said, he's going to try to outrun him. He's not going to be able to. And he may be faster, but you know why? Geometry, angles. That cornerback's going to figure out where he's going and meet him there. And it happened. I showed him. And I said, now watch this play. Running back, all you got to do is run at the guy for one step, maybe two. He'll stop his feet because he doesn't know where you're going, and then you make your move. I literally showed him that in slow-mo, and he sat there just quietly, like, taking it in. Got into the next game. Literally, he was going to do the same thing he always does, try to outrun a guy and a cat, try to meet him at that angle. This time, he ran at the kid, one, two, and made his move. Kid fell down. No shit. I said, I told you. I mean, I only say that not to brag. I say that because no matter what you're into, there's a sophistication to sure. it. There's a science to it. Oh, yeah. You think we're big, fast, strong, muscle-bound guys. Like a Travis Kelsey, that dude is a mastermind. He's a genius upstairs before he even goes into his physical talents. Oh, yeah. And if you can hone in on both, that's when you become great. Uh, This past NFL season, um,
3: uh, biggest things that surprised you. Uh, you could say if it's not on this list, but out of these three things, the performance of Brock Purdy on the ah. Niners, mm. uh, Russell Wilson just – not being russell wilson Mm. unless you thought like dirty thought that's who he was (laughs) and we just got to see it without pete carroll covering his ass Mm. and uh and my boy gino smith uh coming out and and uh having a year which i don't think we've seen in a long time even purdy coming through like he did is not what gino did being a backup for that long yeah stepping into the limelight in in an organization that isn't trying to fold and uh and keeps the train moving and takes up a notch.
1: Oh, man, I want to say Gino, but Nick Foles won a Super Bowl just coming off the bench in those last few games uh, when we saw Carson Wentz get hurt. So winning the Super Bowl is a little better than just having a great Pro Bowl year, but he did get paid. Nick Foles got his, and that one kind of, nullifies it yeah. for me. Brock Purdy's amazing, but that's almost like the evaluators got it wrong more than Brock Purdy. So when you don't get drafted properly, then all of a sudden you get fewer chances or an opportunity, yeah. right? So he's Mr. Irrelevant. Russell Wilson is different than both of those other two cases because it was all on you, Russ. One, you kicked up enough dust to where you got traded, whether you wanted to or you forced their hand. Somehow, some way, you had to leave Seattle. You wanted to leave Seattle. Okay, you place your bet, right? You break up with me. Okay, girl, go find another dude out there better. And he thought he did. Then he got there and realized I got a first year head coach in the hackett. And oh, I got a ready-made Super Bowl roster. All they needed was a capable quarterback, and we gonna win it all. And that shit went south. And it's it really lands all on you because you placed a big bet to leave something that was stable. Not necessarily getting better but still stable you had tremendous success in the past you could have kept your legacy pure by staying in seattle but you placed this huge bet to go somewhere else and you crapped out and then you look around at the other teammates and the body language and the way he went down and it was more than just oh you're not playing well it's like these cats don't even feel you they don't even believe in you and then it takes you back to so all the times where you heard players talking about Russell Wilson over yeah, the years, yeah. and we were just discarding them, like, nah, they hating, nah, they just mad at him, they jealous. Now you're like, uh-oh, were they actually foreshadowing? Yeah. And that's where I think Russell Wilson wins this convo.
3: Um, As a player, how uh, important is that if he loses the trust of – I mean, I can't remember some of the, the names of the players, but we saw – yeah. many of memes and many uh of of you know reels of guys screaming at him or looking at him as they walk by him on the bench that is i mean that's as you want the opposite of that yeah. that's so bad i feel like especially as a quarterback and then you're not even speaking back to the, i mean you're just taking it because a you don't want to be confrontational which i think is <coughs> his approach but yeah. also maybe you know that that's
1: That part,
3: that part. Yeah, I keep wanting to give Russ benefit of the doubt knowing, like, I just feel like maybe this next offseason he'll fly everybody to Hawaii and go, man, I've been a shitty teammate and a shitty guy. I'm not as social and confident as you may think. Mm, I think I I married, you know, a a fucking superstar Mm. and it took my fucking shit up a notch and I thought I maybe... You know, I always maybe dreamt about wearing these fur coats and doing this, and, and I did it. I got out of my system. Guess what? I'm wearing fucking Fila jumpsuits every yeah, every Sunday now, yeah. or I'm wearing fucking some old-school fubu, maybe a fucking starter jacket, Charlotte <laughs> Hornets, Muggsy Boggs starter jacket. I'm going to be a regular dude, yeah. and I'm one of you guys. My office isn't on the second floor anymore you know and really just brought himself down that would be huge that would be huge he's not going to do that but how does he find, he's got to find a, a a little bit of that right no a way to
1: connect you don't have to find that to, in right? priority let's let's first of all take him to a sierra concert my goodies if that come on if you don't like russell wilson then you I, don't yeah. get it <laughs> you don't get life no brother shit. that's how we yeah. got here that process look at her look at him know, be happy man. for your teammate no like shit, forget man. it i don't care how good you play if you yeah, wear it hurt you I won no go shit, ahead man. she used to be my favorite back in the oh days my so, yes God, beyonce yeah. of course but i was out of your stratosphere yeah. but i do got stories but um I, uh, yeah yeah like pr a long time ago pr tried to connect us and it was hilarious you and beyonce yeah but she was destiny child underage beyonce then gotcha. so so it was okay. like uh-uh yeah. And so we just talking after a concert like yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice meeting <laughs> yeah. you too elbow locked out i'm like nah how old are you again give but PR was all into it, wow. and Bruce Smith was talking to her pops, and we were talking forever, and it was Could great. You tell talking.
3: at that point where you're like, "Oh, that one, she's gonna break away." Oh and
1: yeah, as soon as you heard them sing, and they all were talented, you're just like, "But that voice!" She was like. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Like it sounded like like Michael McDonald and Whitney Houston combined. <laughs> it was like deep, but it was like high. I was like, oh, "What the hell what is this?" Oh, a great combo. And I was like, "What?" She's yeah. special right oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny. I see them all the time now. Our kids go to the same school, so it's hilarious. Like Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce, Jay, get the and all fuck them. Out of here. Yeah, it's wild. Rando, L.A. life. But let me get back to this. Yeah, please. Russell Wilson has to do this. And it's funny because the only time that personality comes before production, especially in sports, is in the dictionary. That's what coaches always say. Give a damn how nice you are. Give a damn how mean you are. Give a damn how cool you are. If you produce, they're fickle. They'll forgive. Like, you go out there and light it up five touchdowns. The same dude who was in a meme clowning you last year is picking you up on his shoulders like, yeah, Russ. Totally. We are all in the production business. Don't get it twisted. But when you're doubting yourself, or when you're being doubted by others, you start thinking other things matter. You start putting the cart before the horse mm-hmm. and starting to think like, oh, I need to be nicer. I need to have a team meeting, or oh, I need to take the guys out, or oh, I need to get them nicer watches. Man, look, you can be an asshole. You light that scoreboard up, dog. When's your party? I'm coming through, Russ. <laughs> Russ, where you live? I'm coming through, bro. Like, we don't care. Yeah. Now, if it's you're okay, personality matters just like in dating if she's super fine who is the asshole it could be her yeah doesn't matter, doesn't matter. there's a line around the globe yeah. trying to holler at her right yeah but when you you know you're around the seven and six range you better be nice <laughs> Shit better get you better be really good nice personality character better matter
3: you better be able to quote movies and fucking you know do dog, karaoke yeah
1: dog, same with me like when i was dusty and dusted and disgusted and cats was looking at me like whatever marcel's girls were like please Then got drafted. It was before I got drafted. The muscles were showing. They were like, yo, he going somewhere. I don't know where, girl, but he going somewhere. Let's watch. And then when I got there, man, please. Even though I'm still the same guy, I was always nice, I didn't have to be. I could have been whoever I wanted to be. And girls were like, he's so funny. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm dead ass serious. (laughs) It's going down. So that's how it goes, man. It's production business. Yeah, yeah, we do,
3: do, you know, you got to be, the cream rises to the top. Hell yeah. And um and that's a good way to end this uh this pod. The cream the cream is rising to the top. You're you're a fucking beast, dude. Mm. You're so you're um again, thanks for being generous with your time, but you're um you know, you're you're a present dude. That's what I wanted to say in my initial compliments. Let me hear. You're very um eye contact, I'm big on that. But also like, I don't like people that fucking don't blink, you know? I'm like, you know, you, <laughs> you haven't slept or you're like my friend's baby that i just met 5 months old i did peekaboo for 38 minutes kid oh. looked at me like i've seen die hard bitch fuck off <laughs> didn't want any part of my peekaboo game but also didn't blink for a good 14 minutes so wow. you know there's something wrong there but yeah. but dude you're this is again, I think, why people gravitate towards you, and why I think um, your uh, all your partnerships and your shows are just going to continue. I feel like it's going to be cool to look back at this podcast, yes. And 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 when you come back or, or when I see you yes. next, what you've added onto it and what's grown, man. Yeah. Um, you're you're, uh, and it's inspiring too to see people that have you know make, created their own good luck, as my grandpa used to say, and then uh, and then made good on it, but like not settling. You're always looking to push and challenge yourself, mm-hmm. and that's that's something that I. You know, uh, dig about you because I see it my myself and my business where it's like, yeah, man, you, you getting um monotonous with whether it's stand up, podcast, acting, it's that's why stand up so great. Every night's different, every show's different. Yes. That's why I like doing crowd work to to have some uncertain moments up there, but um, but you're you push yourself, yeah, have and to. that's uh, that's big time, man. And it's and I and I'm glad to hear that you talk to, to young kids and you're responding to stuff because. Uh, to see someone that did it on the field and is doing it off the field and a good guy and has something to say yeah, uh, and and you and you know how to say it is is uh, big time, man.
1: Man, you said so much right there that I want to just kind of end with in, in response. No, we're uh, out of time. Thanks for coming, Marcellus. That's Ed Marcellus, <laughs> Wiley on Instagram. No, go for, it, go for it. I love you. Go for it. So, <laughs> it. so stupid. Go for it, go for it. Go for it. I'm going to spike yeah. your drink at tailgate. You're going to be like, damn, this hit. I'm like, yeah, that's that hydro gas, (laughs) liquid. (laughs) You're going to be in there. I can't wait, man. Oh, man. So it's funny. I got to a place where a few things were happening. One, I felt disconnected from the audience. And uh, the initial reason I got into broadcasting was I felt like I was the audience. I felt like I was the small school kid. I felt like I was the fork in the road kid who is living a dream. Yeah. And I was inspired because, wow, that's amazing to do. But then you get up there and you get in the velvet coffin, and you start to realize, man, they pulling me away from this, whether it's me or just the whole setup. Mm-hmm. And you start talking at people. You start talking to people. You're not talking with people. And the whole show is set up where you say your opinion, and then you say your opinion like it's fact. And then someone else argues against you, and then y'all let those go into social media and let's see what works. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's so much between there that we didn't discuss. We didn't really flesh out. And more importantly, we didn't connect with the people because the people were thinking a little from column A and a little from column B. So I really started to feel like distant from it. And I didn't like that feeling. Two, my friends stopped watching me. And it wasn't because they thought that I started to suck. They were just like, I ain't going to lie, dog. I love sports, but y'all be arguing. Y'all be making up points. Y'all y'all facts is good, but who cares? Like, I watch sports to get an escape. I'm watching y'all, and I'm feeling heavier. Yeah. You know, whatever that yeah. may be, I start hearing that. My wife stopped watching. That let me know something. But then what really hit me was I'm looking at the comments, and I'm looking at what people say about the shows. I'm watching the ratings go mm-hmm. down for every show. Like, it's just a suppressed market. Nobody's going to cable anymore. They're on right, their phones, right. et cetera. And I was just like, damn, dog. I may be in a place where I plateau in terms of money. I'm not having as much fun and it's not fulfilling. And then I had my kids and then I was like, oh, I cannot go out like this where my kids are hearing, Oh, what does daddy do? Well, he just yells about athletes. And I was like, "Eh, ah, I want him to have life lessons from sports. So I started to coach. And as soon as I start coaching, that's what gave me the balls to finally leave. Because when I start coaching, I realized one day, and it was one day in particular, I'm going to practice, and all these parents are fighting rush hour traffic to get to the damn field to get drop their kids off, and they're trying to get there at four o'clock, and good luck. And they get there a little late, and all these kids and all these parents would dream of making it pro. Most of them, if not all of them, are not gonna make it, right? So then I'm like, all right. They're trying their damnedest to just put their son in the best position. Meanwhile, I got here, I was here early, And I just left the job where I was putting down the exact hero that this kid wants to be. So I'm like talking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm pumping this kid up so he can be the best he can be. But then I go to work and put down somebody who is exactly who that kid wants to be. And I'm sitting there caught up in this whirlwind. I'm like, I'm hearing skip clown Russell Westbrook. And I see Russell Westbrook once again at school where our kids are in the same class. So I'm seeing Russ. That's my dog. That's my boy. We chopping it up. But I know what he's going through in terms of perception. And I'm like, what i'm like russ you make 47.3 million dollars a year do you listen to these people i wouldn't (laughs) like you know but it still gets to him right meanwhile i'm pumping this kid up to in basketball practice football practice to try and be russell westbrook and the shit just felt upside down bro and that's when i was like you know what you're not in your greatest place you're in a great place but you're not in your greatest place Get to that space where you can talk about people, humanize the experience, bring life lessons to sports and to other topics, and then see how the audience responds. So far, so amazing and so fulfilling. You did it. We did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Marcellus Wiley.
3: Man, I appreciate you, boy. My dog, liquid yeah. death, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck yeah, but it's Bulgarian. You could have been a
3: wrestler, man. Dog. You got the voices in you, you got the body already. Dog. I'm yeah, sure you I... got some capes at home. I'm not going to ask what you use them for.
1: You're <laughs> stupid. <laughs> If people don't subscribe to my podcast, hey, I know Nick Khan over there at WWE. That's my former agent. I right, get a six pack yeah, again. Let's go. Steroids. Uh
3: Marcellus Wiley on IG, right? That's where you people. Marcellus Wiley, IG, everywhere. All the socials. Yeah. Check me out, Brinks you're TV. A great. Follow too, man. Man, yeah, yeah, you I try post to a lot talk of good about good shit. Yeah, and and, and people, uh, I mean, follow on IG. All your never shut up clips. But like, if they want to yeah. watch the full length stuff, go yeah. again. Where they go to
1: YouTube. I don't yeah. know what the hell the link is. Yeah. Go to my link tree. Like, go to my IG. Perfect. Check my bio. <laughs> hey girl, sliding them DMs. You're gonna slide your ass right up out of there, boy. I'm glad they didn't have DMs when I played, oh, boy. Oh no shit. Oh man. Save that for for the
3: next podcast. Hell yeah, the, the monsters. Some, oh my god. <laughs> Gary Payton once told me he was just like. He's like, the shit right now if they had cell phones. Or back in the when we were playing, he told me some of these boat parties in Seattle that they would have. Ah, yes. Oh, man. I've Gee- been there. Oh, I've been throw- I I- hosted some. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, pre- I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Morris. Much love, See
1: Adam. Soon. My dog.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old.